Chapter Number Twenty Three of the House of Whispers by William Lacroix. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Which shows a shabby foreigner, Felix Crail, his cigarette held halfway to his lips, stood watching the effect of his insinuation. He saw a faint smile playing about Flockhart's lips, and knew that it appealed to him. Old Sir Henry Hayburn had laid a clever trap for him a trap into which he himself believed that his daughter had fallen. Why should not Flockhart retaliate? The shabby stranger, whose own ingenuity and double-dealing were little short of marvellous, and under whose watchful vigilance the Hayburn household had been ever since her ladyship and her friend Flockhart had gone south, stood silent, but in complete satisfaction. The well-dressed Riviera lounger, the man so well known at all the various gay resorts from Ventimiglia along to Cannes, and who was a member of the Fete Committee at San Remo and at Nice, merely exchanged glances with his friend and smiled. Quickly, however, he changed the topic of conversation. And what's occurring in Paris? Ah, there we have the puzzle, replied the man Crail, his accent being an unfamiliar one. So unfamiliar indeed that those unacquainted with the truth were always placed in doubt regarding his true nationality. "'But you have made inquiry?' asked his friend quickly. "'Of course, but the business is kept far too close. Every precaution is taken to prevent anything leaking out,' Crail responded. "'The clerks will speak, won't they?' the other said. "'Mon cher ami, they know no more of the business of the mysterious firm of which the blind baronet is the head than we do ourselves said crail they make enormous financial deals that's very certain not deals but coups for themselves he laughed correcting flockhart recollect what i discovered in athens and the extraordinary connection you found in brussels ah yes you mean that clever crowd four men and two women who were working the gambling concession from the dutch government exclaimed flockhart yes that was a complete mystery they sent wires in cipher to Sir Henry at Glencardine. I managed to get a glance at one of them, and it was signed Metaphoros. That's their Paris cable address, said his companion. Surely you, with your network of sources of information, and your own genius for discovering secrets, ought to be able to reveal the true nature of Sir Henry's business. Is it an honest one? asked Flockhart. I think not. Think? Why, my dear Felix? This isn't like you only to think. You always know. You're so certain about your facts that I've always banked upon them. The other gave his shoulders a shrug of indecision. It was not a judicious move on your part to get rid of the girl from Glencardine, he said slowly. While she was there, we had a chance of getting at some clue. But now old Goslin has taken her place, we may just as well abandon investigation at that end. You failed, Crail, and attribute your failure to me, protested his companion. How could I risk being ignominiously kicked out of Glencardine as a spy? Whatever attitude you might have taken would have had the same result. We used the information and found ourselves fooled, tricked by a very crafty old man who actually prepared those documents in case he was betrayed. Admitted, said Flockhart, but even though we made fools of ourselves in Athens and caused the Greek government to look upon us as rogues and liars, the girl is suspected and I, for one, don't mean to give in before we've secured a nice, snug little sum. How are we to do it? By obtaining knowledge of the game being played in Paris, and working in an opposite direction, 
flockhart replied we are agreed upon one point that for the past few years ever since goslin came on the scene sir henry's business a big one there is no doubt has been of a mysterious and therefore shady character by his confidence in gabrielle his care that nobody ever got a chance inside that safe his regular consultations with goslin who travelled from paris specially to see him his constant telegrams in cipher and his refusal to allow even his wife to obtain the slightest inkling into his private affairs it is shown that he fears exposure do you agree most certainly i do while any man who is in dread of the truth becoming known must be carrying on some negotiations the reverse of creditable he is the moving spirit of that shady house without a doubt declared flockhart who had so often grasped the blind man's hand in friendship in such fear that his transaction should become known and that exposure might result he actually had prepared documents on purpose to mislead those who pried into his affairs therefore the instant we discover the truth fortune will be at our hand we all want money you i and lady Hayburn, and money will have with these sentiments my dear friend i entirely and absolutely agree remarked the shabby man lighting a fresh cigarette but one fact you seem to have entirely overlooked what the girl she stands between you and she might come back into the old man's favor you know and even though she did that makes no difference flockhart answered defiantly why because she dare not say a single word against me Crail looked him straight in the face with considerable surprise but made no comment she knows better flockhart added never believe too much in your own power with a woman mon cher ami remarked the other dubiously she's young therefore of a romantic turn of mind she's in love remember which makes matters much worse for us why because being in love she may become seized with a sentimental fit this ends generally in a determination of self-sacrifice and in such case she would tell the truth in defiance of you and would be heedless of her own danger flockhart drew a long breath what this man said was he knew within his own heart only too true of the girl toward whom they had been so cruel and un so unscrupulous his had been a lifelong scheme and as part of his scheme in conjunction with the woman who was sir henry's wife it had been unfortunately compulsory to sacrifice the girl who was the blind man's right hand yes gabrielle was deeply in love with walter murray the man upon whom sir henry now looked as his enemy and who would have exposed him to the greek government if the blind man had not been too clever the baronet after his daughter's confession naturally attributed her curiosity to walter's initiative the more especially that walter had been in paris and it was believed in athens also the pair were however now separated crail in pursuit of his diligent inquiries had actually been in wood newton and seen the lonely little figure sad and dejected taking long rambles accompanied only by a farmer's sheepdog young murray had not been there nor did the pair now correspond this much crail had himself discovered the problem placed before flockhart by his shabby friend was a somewhat disconcerting one on the one hand lady Hayburn had urged him to leave the riviera without giving him any reason and on the other he had the ever-present danger of gabrielle in a sudden fit of sentimental self-sacrifice giving him away if she did what then the mere suggestion caused him to bite his nether lip crail knew a good deal but he did not know it all 
perhaps it was as well that he did not there is a code of honor among adventurers all the world over but few of them can resist the practice of blackmail when they chance to fall upon evil days yes flockhart said reflectively as at crail's suggestion they turned and began to descend the steep hill towards ospedaletti perhaps it's a pity after all that the girl left glencardine yet surely she's safer with her aunt she was driven from glencardine by her father you sacrificed her in order to save yourself that was but natural it's a pity however you didn't take my advice i suggested it to lady heyburn but she would have nothing to do with it she declared that such a course was far too dangerous dangerous echoed the shabby man surely it could not have placed either of you in any greater danger than you are in already she didn't like it few people do laughed the other but depend upon it it's the only way she wouldn't at any rate have had an opportunity of telling the truth flockhart pulled a wry face and after a silence of a few moments said don't let us discuss that we fully considered all the pros and cons at the time her ladyship is growing scrupulously honest of late sneered his companion she'll try to get rid of you very soon i expect the latter sentence was more full of meaning than the speaker dreamed the words falling upon flockhart's ears caused him to wince was her ladyship really trying to rid herself of his influence he laughed within himself at the thought of her endeavouring to release herself from the bond for her he had never at any moment entertained either admiration or affection their association had always been purely one of business business be it said in which he made the profits and she the losses it would hardly be an easy matter for her replied the easy-going audacious adventurer she seems to be very popular up at glencardine remarked the foreigner because she's extravagant and spends money in the neighborhood i suppose but the people in octeradar village criticized her treatment of gabrielle they hear gossip from the servants i expect they should know of the girl's treatment of her stepmother exclaimed lockhart but their villagers are always prone to listen to and embroider any stories concerning the private life of the gentry it's just the same in scotland as in any other country in the world ah continued flockhart in scotland the old families are gradually decaying and their estates are falling into the hands of blatant parvenus counter-jumpers stock deer nowadays and city clerks on their holidays shoot over peers's preserves the humble scot sees it all with regret because he has no real liking for this latter-day invasion by the newly rich english cotton spinners from lancashire buy deer forests and soap boilers from limehouse purchase castles with family portraits and ghosts complete ah speaking of the supernatural exclaimed crail suddenly do you know i had a most extraordinary and weird experience when at glencardine about three weeks ago i actually heard the whispers flockhart stared hard at the man at his side and laughing outright said well that's the best joke i've heard to-day you have all meant to be taken in by a mere superstition but my dear friend i heard them said crail i swear i actually heard them and i well i admit to you even though you may laugh at me for being a superstitious fool i somehow anticipate that something uncanny is about to happen to me you're going to die like all the rest of them i suppose laughed his friend as they descended the dusty winding road that led to the palm-lined promenade of the quiet little mediterranean watering-place chapter twenty three